What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Becoming a Better Man podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jason Wright, and uh, I want to appreciate and thank each and every one of you for tuning back in for another week's episode where I'm going to continue on in the uh, series that we started, Disciplines for Men, which is out of a, a, a book by ben, Vince Miller of the same name, Disciplines for Men. And uh, if you don't know about Vince yet, if you haven't uh, heard me talk about Vince yet, uh, check out the show notes in the description of the episode where I will include a link to his website, beresolute.org, where you can access um, the sign up for his daily devotional that will come to you in your email inbox every morning, as well as other resources such as this very book that I'm reading from uh, to try and help uh, guide you men along the way. Um, great resources, great resources, and <clears throat> excuse me, a phenomenal guy, phenomenal man. Um, so let's continue on. So last week, we talked about discipline number one, which was prayer. Uh, my hope is that you guys were able to uh, take some some actionable steps from that and start to, you know, reignite your prayer life um, and, and reflect on those questions that I had had posed to you guys at the beginning of the chapter, the way Vince laid it out. Um, so yeah, we're going to do the same thing this week, but discipline number two, we're going to talk about scripture, right? So we've already talked about prayer. Now this week, Vince shares with us scripture. To start it off, I want to... Um, just talk about the reflection and discussion questions that he puts at the beginning of the chapter. So it says, other than the Bible, what book have you read that had a lasting impact on your life? How often do you currently read the Bible and be honest? What is the first book of the Bible that you recall reading? Why did you start with that book? What is a challenging, I'm sorry, what is challenging about reading the Bible regularly? And what is one thing you've discovered in your Bible reading that has left a lasting impression on your life? All right. So those are some questions to reflect on uh, and discuss with yourself or, or maybe um, another, you know, guy that you're close with that you have these sort of conversations about striving to improve yourselves with, uh, or even your own men's group that you're a part of. All right. So let's go ahead and get into it. Scripture is complicated. Let's be honest, scripture is complicated. Men have a hard time reading the Bible. Some will try many times, but they are often overwhelmed when they try. They might buy a Bible or two or three, and those Bibles will sit on the shelf. According to the American Bible Society, almost nine out of 10 households own a Bible. The average household has three, yet only a small percentage of people read it once a week or more. I think there are at least four seasons, or I'm sorry, four reasons that reading scripture is complicated. I'm not going to speak in depth about them here, but let me highlight them quickly. First, scripture is complicated when you have so many versions of a single book. So ask this question, which one do I choose? This is often the very first question a new reader will ask. Today, if you walk into a bookstore, you will literally see thousands of Bibles if not hundreds. But if you navigate to an online retailer, you might discover thousands of different types, sizes, and versions. The reason we do is that the Bible is originally written in non-English languages and therefore is always being translated into more contemporary forms. This makes it complicated to choose the best Bible for your needs. 
Second, scripture is complicated because it's hard to know where to begin. The second question that any new reader will ask is, where do I start? Do you just flop it open and start reading? Do you begin at the beginning? What's the right way to read it? These are legitimate questions. Third, scripture is complicated because the structure is unique. It is different than any other book. So men will ask this, why is it structured this way? The Bible is actually a library of books written by 40 authors over 1,500 years. That's 1,500 years by 40 different authors. It has an old part and a new part with all kinds of genres, prophetic, poetic, stories, history, and so on. And fourth, scripture is complicated because the language and customs in it are different than ours. Many men will read and immediately have all kinds of good and hard questions like this one. What are they talking about? There are times when you'll read the Bible and ask questions like, what in the world is going on? How do you pronounce that name? He had how many wives? He built what in the middle of the desert? They ate that stuff? Seriously? These questions are important to answer because when you draw the wrong assumptions, they will lead you to the wrong interpretation. But aside from these issues and questions, this book contains the greatest stories ever told. The Bible is filled with love, war, birth, and death. It reveals to us an ancient culture, one rich with poetry, history, philosophy, and science. The Bible combines mystery, romance, suspense, thriller, action, and adventure. And it even has one book with some explicit sexual content. It has things to say about some of the hottest controversies of our day. It is full of hundreds of prophecies that came true. It is full of scientific ideas with very smart people that are still discovering. It describes many archaeological artifacts that we are still trying to find and plenty that we already have. In 1455, it became the first book ever printed on the printing press, and today it continues to be the best-selling and most distributed book of all time, with an estimated 5 billion copies sold. But the big question I want to answer for men is this, how do I read scripture? The pass method. Today, I'm going to give you an example. I'm sorry. Today, I'm going to give you a simple method for reading the Bible. It is something I want you to use for a while, actually for weeks remaining in this study. Last week, we began with the discipline of prayer, and I want you to continue using the PACT method through the end of this study. Today, I'm going to show you how to read the Bible using what I call the PASS method, P-A-S-S, -S, and I want you to continue using this as well throughout the end of this study. I believe using simple patterns like this for a while help us to both do activities together and help us to keep the process simple. Pass is an acrostic for these four items. Prayer prior to reading scripture. Listen to what Paul tells his protege in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. It reads, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Like I said, chapter 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. Notice Paul calls scripture God breathed. It's modern in modern language. This word could be also translated inspired by God. Inspired by God and not man. 
we know that scripture was written by men, but all men, even the biblical authors, were fallible, sinful, and fallen men just like you and me. However, God entrusted them to communicate and write down his word as directed. Therefore, it's his word that is inspired. Paul says to Timothy that scripture is the very breath of God, and it leads men along the path of life by doing four things. Teaching, showing us the path. Rebuking, showing us when we are off the path. Correcting, showing us how to get back on the path. And training, showing us how to stay on the path. And since this book is an incredible resource for truth and change, it's essential to approach this book prayerfully, not because we worship the Bible, but because we worship the God of the Bible, whose inspired word has power to change our lives even today. I encourage men to always pray prior to reading scripture. Pray that God would help you hear what he wants you to hear so that you can be the man he wants you to be. Scripture is the tool for spade work in the parts of your life that are hard, rocky, and thorny so that God can teach, rebuke, correct, and train. The outcome we seek is multiplied produce, as Jesus stated in the parable of the sower. If we want higher production, we need to be willing to listen. When we approach Scripture, we must trust that God wants to change your thoughts, actions, and motives through what you are about to read and invite him in prayer to do so. Prayer is not an add-on to scripture. It is the first step to really reading it, and, and you should not pass this over. Acknowledge authorial intent. Let me put this simply. The Bible was not written to you. Now, this is a bit of an overstatement, but I want you to remember this point because it's critical in learning how to read scripture. Let me say it again and with a small clarification. The Bible was not written to you, but it was written for you. So to whom was it written? Well, the primary audience of each book in the Bible is the group to whom it was first written. Let's call these respective groups the first audience. Each author had a particular intent for writing his book and a particular recipient, a first audience, in mind for that message. For example, when we read Matthew's Gospel which was the first book of the New Testament, we should understand that Matthew's writing, he was writing down what he witnessed, heard, and experienced as he followed the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. I doubt he realized that 2,000 years later, we would still be reading his book. Initially, he wanted the people of his day, specifically his Christian brothers of Jewish heritage, to have a record of evidence about Christ. His book was evidence for believers in his day and time. Is Matthew's book inspired by God? Of course, but it's written from the perspective of this man to his first audience. This means that the author's intent is critical to identify. As we read scripture, we need to take out our detective kit and search for what the author intended to say about God to that first audience. This principle is the key to understanding what we read, and it is the key to finding a correct application. Without acknowledging the author's intent, we may wrongly interpret what we read in the text. Yet if we know the author's intent, our understanding and application will be better. We need to figure out why the author was writing and what he wanted his first readers to learn about God. Here is a simple question that will always help. What does this author want his people to know about God? Stop when convicted. Listen to what Jesus says. 
when the Holy Spirit comes, he will prove to the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Sorry, let me reread that. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. John chapter 16, verse 8. The next step in reading scripture is to be less concerned about the amount of reading you do each time. I think that some men feel like they need to consume certain amounts of the text each time in order to feel accomplished, or they feel like they have to keep up with the reading schedule. Honestly, I think it's helpful to worry about this. Remember, reading the Bible is not a reading contest. I should clarify that there is nothing wrong with trying to read through the Bible in a year. It's a worthy goal. But consuming large amounts of information does not always lead to transformation. Amen. Let me repeat that. Consuming large amounts of information does not always lead to transformation. I believe men feel equally, if not more accomplished and successful by consuming small quantities and receiving quality results from the experience. It will keep them coming back for more and for the right reason. So maybe it's time to worry less about the quantity of your reading and more about the quality of your conviction and change. This is what I tell men to do. Next. Choose a book of the Bible to read and start with a chapter. Read just one chapter a day. That's it. If needed, read it multiple times, but stop as soon as you feel convicted by something in the text. Yes, just stop. I have found that whenever I read scripture, I experience moments of conviction. I used to skip right past them, but then one day I just stopped and prayed. That moment turned into an incredible experience between God and me. What I quite naturally did was combine prayer and scripture when I was prompted by a conviction of the Holy Spirit, like we just read in John chapter 16, verses 8. In that moment, I discovered God was using his living word to speak directly to me. It produced change in my life. Every time I read scripture, I'm looking for something that convicts me, something that God wants me to address in my life. In my experience, when I pray before I start reading and have acknowledged the author's intent in the passage... God hits me with a conviction. He speaks directly to me. I mostly experience this as a stray thought during a momentary pause. It's a stray thought that says something like this. I need to stop doing this. I need to start doing this. I need to continue doing this and even more of it. So I just stop reading. While I impulsively want to get through the reading, I need to stop immediately. Just linger. I'll sometimes grab scratch paper, a journal, or sticky note and jot down what I'm thinking. Then I'll spend some time in prayer, pausing again to reflect on what I want to stop, start, or continue. The one thing I'm not worried about in this moment is my reading quota. Rather, I am concerned about my relationship with God, which is the reason I am reading in the first place. Share scripture with others. Now, when some men hear me say share scripture with others, they immediately get overwhelmed. Typically, they think I'm asking them to memorize a verse and recite it to others, and this is a great idea that's worth the investment of time, but it's not what I'm talking about. What I mean by sharing scripture is finding great concepts within the scripture that you are reading and then carrying them with you throughout your day. Worry less about sharing the exact words and more about sharing what you have learned from this text. If you want scripture to stick with you or alter how you act, then you need to start sharing what you've learned. Focus on the principles and lessons that come from those moments of conviction. Some days this might look like sharing the general principle, or on other days it might mean sharing the exact words of the verse. 
Some guys feel relatively comfortable in their home and work environments and have no problem talking about the general principles they've read. Others will need to muster up the nerve, but it's worth making the effort. Go after it. You might bring the principle up in a meeting, share the thought with a friend, or text what you've learned to someone you care about, a friend, spouse, or child. When we know what we're going to share, well, I'm sorry, when we know that we are going to share scripture with others, we read it differently. Here's the recap. Use the pass method. P for pray prior to reading. A for acknowledge author intent. S for stop when you feel convicted. And then S for share what you learned. Remember, you can walk through the process online with the call to act 35 day challenge. And in this challenge, we read through the book of Proverbs together for the rest of the series. That web address again is right below www.beresolute.org forward slash called to act. If you want to try this without using the challenge, I would select a short New Testament book that is easy to begin with and stay in that book for one week. For example, the book of James would be a great one, or maybe your leader wants to select one for you. That's also fine, but don't wait. God has something he wants to say to you today. It will call you to action as a man of God. All right, guys, that's it for chapter two, the second discipline of scripture. Um, if you find this series to be helpful so far after the first two, by all means, tune back in next week um, for discipline number three, brotherhood. And it's going to talk about the importance of friendships to all men and spiritual brotherhood being different from other friendships. Um, how having a, being a part of a spiritual brotherhood can make you a better husband, father, friend, and coworker. Um, these are all things we talk about here on this podcast since we created it. Um, right. It's, it's the importance of, of men like us, right. Who are, are tired of running the same race in circles over and over again, like a, like a hamster on a wheel trying to figure out why we're not getting different results. Right. We say we want different things. We get frustrated each time we get set back yet. Nothing changes nothing changes until you get to the point where you're ready to become a better man. Right. I've got a guy, um, I'll, I'll, you know, withhold his name just to, to protect him, uh, in his privacy. But, um, I got an email this morning that a comment had been left on the 21 day becoming a better man breakthrough challenge. Um, that's that I've put in the show note description of almost every episode, uh, for those of you guys that might feel inclined to want to take action today. And he had said, because I didn't, well, he said he had, he was ready to get started, right? He said he'd listened to the podcast for a while. He, he signed up and thought about it for a while and now he's ready. Right. And so I tried to look back through and check the Facebook group for any new member requests. Like I always do. Anytime somebody signs up, it prompts you to join the Facebook group and and become a part of that brotherhood. And I didn't see anything there. Oh no, I'm sorry. I saw his name there. And so I was like, okay. Um, so I go looking back through my emails again, and I always get an email prompt when somebody joins, right? I get really excited. I, I, I'm extremely thankful in that moment that another man is ready to, to dedicate his life to being a better man, trying to change for the better, right? For himself, for his, his spouse, for his kids, for his community. And, and I didn't see one. I was like, well, wait a minute, this guy didn't sign up. What's he, it's just somebody else trying to get into the group for free. 
which is fine. I mean, which is fine. Don't, it doesn't bother me that you, that a lot of you guys try to join the group or you request to join the group, but you don't answer the questions. And that group is a protected brotherhood of men who are bought into the journey, right? They are invested into the experience. They're all in. And it's not fair to have people come in that don't know what the brotherhood's about, right? By signing up, by registering, you know what the brotherhood's about. It's for encouragement. It's for accountability. It's for vulnerability. It's it's having a space to be able to be men together, right? So I didn't see him, right? I didn't see that somebody, that he, this, this guy had signed up. So I'll go back looking through. He signed up a long time ago, long time ago. And he just sat there. He didn't do anything with it. Why? Just like the rest of you, right? Maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, just like what Vince said in the book, I need to stop doing this. I need to start doing this. I need to keep doing this and do more of it. But something happens when you're ready, right? And I, and I think that it's most likely the Holy Spirit moving within you, ready to, to get you to change, right? To see the need to change, not just the desire, but for you to be ready to act on and see the need to change. And that's what, hit, that's what happened to this guy, right? And maybe that's what's happening to one of you. Maybe you've been sitting there listening to these episodes over and over and over again, and even thinking about, man, this, you know, this makes me feel like I've, I've got something to do, but you turn it off and you don't change anything. You tune in the next week. Like, wow, I, you know, this was really helpful. I needed to hear this this week. It hits home. There's a lot of good points, a lot of wisdom that I need to start, start acting on. You turn it off. Nothing changes. And then as a result of the lack of action, you start to notice things in your life like, crap, you know, my wife keeps getting pissed at me for, for the way I'm just popping off for no reason or the way I, I don't communicate well with her. And I don't try to bridge that, that gap in communication with her the way that, that she needs me to. And so the relationship's suffering, right? She's getting easily frustrated with me. And so that makes me more frustrated. And so there, there you both are just stuck behind your pride, trying to ignore it, trying to wait for the other one to reach across and say they're sorry. Meanwhile, it doesn't happen. So you're tired, right? You're tired of that same old song and dance. And so maybe it takes something like that for you to hear these words and for you to start to go, you know what? I'm ready. I'm ready. Something in me needs to change. I need to change my approach to how I'm going through this life because what I'm doing is not working. I don't feel peace. I feel pissed. I don't feel clarity. I feel confused. I thought I was doing all the right things, but all it's done is lead me down all the rolling roads. And so if this is you, check it out. The 21 day becoming a better man breakthrough or heck, if you've listened to 144 of my podcasts by now, and you still don't trust that it's going to help you. 
check out Vince. Get started with Vince and his stuff, right? Vince doesn't do coaching. He just has great resources. He has a great free daily devotional that comes to your inbox. He has lists of books that are helpful. Cheap, right? Books aren't expensive. The 21-Day Breakthrough Program, it's not expensive. The only thing that you're going to be out in terms of money is the money you waste keep trying to chase down the life that's not serving you. Whether it's still on sale for 80% off for the 21-Day Program for like 20 bucks, or if it's back to full price at a hundred bucks, brother, that is an investment that will pay you back a thousandfold in the terms of peace, clarity, focus, direction, by starting to figure out how it is you're getting in your own way and then how to stop it. There's a lot of biblical principles that it's founded upon. There's a lot of focus about the importance of caring for your body and your health so that that way you can function optimally in this life. Because I'm telling you what, nothing makes you more short-fused, quick-tempered, and pissed off and distracted and unable to serve your purpose than being distracted by illness that was preventable, injury that was preventable, and weakness, again, that was preventable. So it spurs you to take action. Day by day, daily steps. And you get to be a part of a brotherhood and community that understands and has strive to do the same thing. Support, encouragement, accountability. All right. So guys, that's it. Appreciate you guys tuning in. And I'll, and I'll say this, if you're not ready, you're not ready. But if you are, let's come on, brother. Let's get to work. Welcome in. It's time to get to work. All right, fellas, that's all I got this week. We'll tune in, in the next episode, part three of the Discipline for Men series out of the book title, with the same title by Vince Miller. Check out the show notes for the link to his website. Check out his resources there. And uh, yeah, if you have any feedback about this series or anything in general, if you just have questions you'd like me to share on the uh, podcast, shoot me an email, becomingabettermanpodcast at gmail.com. That's becomingabettermanpodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. All right, fellas, that's it for this week. See ya.